and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with David Arshawski, a guy who designed a lot of the classic turtle toys. Hey, Brian. How are you doing today? Okay. So, I guess we'll start at the beginning. So, um, how did you get into toy design? Well, uh, it was kind of by accident. Um, I wasn't really heavy into sculpture, but... Um, I had made like little things. Um, I had sort of a, another sculptor mentor me a little bit in uh, when I was in art school uh, and taught me a little bit about making molds. And, and so I had made these uh, shrunken heads out of just like uh, regular rubber latex and uh, showed up at the comic convention with a table full of, of that and other weird things. And, uh, uh, a guy named Scott Hensey, he had bought stuff from me consistently over the years. Like I think he bought some T-shirts and some artwork before when he sees me there. And uh, and he said, oh, my God, I didn't know you did sculpture. And I just, I bluff and go, yeah, sure, you know. And he goes, did you make the molds and everything? And I go, I, you know, I said, yeah. They were terrible molds that I made. But, um, and so he invited me to, I found he was local. He was in uh, Lomita. And he was a toy sculptor. I didn't know that. And uh, so I went to visit him in his garage. And he was sort of transitioning from working for Mattel, I think, and uh, or Hasbro, I'm trying to remember. And then uh, so we, he had a thing going on, and he was making toys. And uh, one of his clients was uh, Playmates. And also doing, uh, he's doing a lot of Happy Meals at the time. And so he tried me out, like I sat down at a table and uh, tried out sculpting in wax, which was, I'd never tried before. And uh, it was kind of an industry standard way of working um, where, you know, you, you have a thermostatted tool with a metal tip that heats up and you can add, you can subtract material and, you know, carve it and polish it. So you could really... Uh, put in a lot of detail and do changes too, uh, if you needed to all along the way. <clears throat> so uh, that's how I started working with him, and I, I guess I, I was able to do it fairly quickly. I remember the first thing I worked on was Bambi for uh, uh, the Happy Meals, but I saw he had like a, a prototype of Rocksteady, which is a beautiful piece, unarticulated. Uh, and I, I saw him working on on uh, <clears throat> the foot soldier, which had an awesome cartoony style that I love. All his work was really, really great looking. So I got all excited about that and then, you know, ended up working. I think Rocksteady and, uh, um, <clears throat> and Bebop were already made. Uh, I think Shredder, Shredder was already made. But um, from that point on, I think I'm trying to think what was the first one I worked on. It's a little hard to do. It might have been uh, 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 the, the the fly. What's his name? Baxter Stockman. Right, Baxter Stockman. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I think I, I I started working on him, and I just did uh, some uh, a little bit, but mostly that was Scott's work on that one. And uh, we were working with uh, another sculptor, uh, Martin Butcher, I think his name is pronounced. 
who's an excellent sculptor. And, um, and I think Steve Berliner was working too there. So, um, anyways, uh, you know, later on, you know, we, I started getting more and more other, other work to do. So that was really fun for me, an exciting new twist, you know, for uh, doing my art and making a living. Very cool. So you were there not quite since the beginning, but a little bit after. Right, exactly. So you say so is this uh, is this anaglyph? Was that the studio you're talking about? Yeah, Scott's um, Scott's studio was called Anaglyph Studios in Lomita. Later it moved to um, we actually got a place and moved to San Pedro and uh, and had more people, you know, working for us and stuff like that. So you guys didn't work at Playmates, so it was like Playmax Playmates no, contracted these out? Oh no, yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I don't believe there's any work done at Playmates. Um, it was, you know, like a real corporate place with managers and and all this, you know, non-art kind of stuff going on. So yeah, we just got hired to do the work, and we we strictly the the work. I, I did the, you know, help uh, uh, with the sculpture work, and I was on, a, like I said, I was on a crew with other very very talented sculptors, and Scott was like excellent uh sculptor too and uh and then i uh, later i started getting design designing into the designing part of it because i i drew a lot and uh you know if you know i know there's a lot of young people out there that the turtles were very exciting and inspiring to have you know and look at and for me you know i was coming from uh the 1960s so it was uh you know, uh, weirdo stuff and monster. It's the monster culture and hot rod culture. Uh, Big Daddy Roth. Um, uh, you know, all the monster stuff was going on. So I had those little, you know, weirdo toys and models and uh, hot rods and things like that, and all the characters that went along with them. So for me, that stuff uh, and and some of the weird cereal toys you could save up box tops for. When you actually got them, they were very funky and strange looking. And, uh, you know, when you went into the local liquor store, they had, you know, rubber monsters and, and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. So that, that stuff inspired me. Like, that's what I saw that made me make toys and sculpt the, the detail work. You know, there'd be a guy in a car with his tongue hanging out with pimples and on his toes and... You know, there'd be a tiny little car and lots of detail or a little person underneath them or something. And that's what made me who I am. You know, that's what made me want to sculpt. And so I was just trying to pass on that um, that enthusiasm for detail and weirdness to another generation. So what was the process like? I mean, like, did they say, like, we need a weird... Um uh, a, a weird snake guy and then you do it or like did you have much reference to work on before it was made how did it or was it different every time it was really weird because and i don't think I, it's going to happen again basically and and forgive me if i'm wrong about this but my impression was is that the, the teenage mutant ninja turtle line was a huge hit and they i don't think many people knew why uh uh, they were, it was a surprise maybe, 
because I remember they kept changing the storyline in the beginning, and uh, uh, there was a lot of unsureness about, you know, what, you know, what would work and what didn't work. So I was there at the right time in the right place to take advantage of that. And, uh, and so they, they liked, uh, I, I guess I, I'm trying to think how it started, but I, I guess they saw some designs I did for variations on a character and they, they liked them. And then I just started getting a lot of redesign work. So they would come in, I think they came in, a lot of the artwork came in from the animators who are trying to work out, uh, characters for the animation. Some of them, you understand like for animation, a lot of the designs are simplified a lot. Yeah. So they were thinking in a very practical way to simple, make simple, simpler designs for it. And I don't think the people that were in charge of the toy line were, sometimes they were not that excited about them. So we would get them. They liked, you know, I, I think like one of the things that I was good at and also I maybe aggravated some people, but I would always add a little extra detail and a little extra um, dynamics, if I could, or um, weirdness, you know, to the pieces. So um, I think they liked that. And then I started to get a lot of redesign work for stuff. Um, and then I was able to sculpt on it, uh, you know, not always, but sometimes. Some stuff I designed and worked on different designs for stuff and then uh, – Varner Studio. So that was the other main studio that got uh, that did a lot of the work. <clears throat> it was kind of split between Anaglyph and Varner Studio, and they had amazing people there. So some of the my favorite pieces are, are were done there, and um, they had a really great group of uh, talented people there. And uh, so you know, and we and we were friendly. We weren't cutthroat or anything with Varner and uh, so if we had extra stuff we, you know it would flow to Varner and vice versa sometimes if there's overflow because sometimes we'd get a lot of characters to work on and that's why we had you know it would be between me passed around to Scott to Martin sometimes and some stuff I worked on a majority of and some stuff I was a very much a compromise uh, or you know like a <clears throat> group group work so I just want everybody to know that, and, you know, a lot of people don't uh, mention, the, you know, uh, he's a sculptor, and uh, I, I always had great admiration for the people I work with, their, their skills and uh, visions and stuff. Well, I mean, frankly, that's why I wanted to have you on the show, is because, like, I, you know, I, I tracked down who did a lot of these old designs, and, like, you know, people might not know your name, but they know... Leatherhead and Pizza Face and Mondo Gecko and all these characters that like they grew up loving, but somebody made that, you know. Yeah. Now, so yeah, like, I'm sorry. So like somebody, so, like so some of the the reason why I asked is like, what was the collaboration with the show like? Because sometimes the toys looked a lot like the show. Like Mondo Gecko looked quite a bit like the series, but then another character you sculpted, like General Trag, looks almost nothing like the series. Like, do you remember? Like, what, is it just, like, the toy was done before it went on the show, or do you or do you recall? Yeah. The toys were done before they went on the show. 
And if, if they changed it from, like, if General Trag didn't get on, the, the, if he looked different, it's because of the uh, of animation. You know, like, they had to probably simplify it or make it easier to do, to draw. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's basically uh, uh, what they have to do to do animation. So, um, yeah, we would get the we would get the early designs from the animation studio, and then I would change them. So, for instance, like, um, and I, I also want to mention that, like, at a certain point, we started getting flack for, uh, you know, parent groups or anybody with a letterhead, you know, that wrote that, you know, there's a whole bunch of programs, the violence of toys, just like you know the old days. When you know that kind of made the comic code come into existence, where they said you know it's you know the weapons and the toys were making the kids uh, violent, or which is not true. I don't believe you, but at least. Yeah, but we got a lot of I got a lot of work to, uh, redesigning the accessories. So you know, <clears throat> I, I you know I started to design weird you know, uh, recipe, I mean, uh, weapons like, um, you know, like a honey gun for the bee or, uh, you know, I remember I did like a flamingo hockey stick and uh, we, we did, um, you know, for Mondo Gecko, I did the um, the little flower drummer guy. Oh, yeah. Originally, I mean, they were toned down because my all my original designs might have been tended to be a little bit edgier. For instance, the, the flower with the, the drumsticks had like a, uh, <laughs> you had a, what do you call those things? Were you, were you light a bottle of alcohol on fire? A Molotov cocktail? You know what I'm talking about? A Molotov cocktail? I think of the name. Yeah, Molotov cocktail. Yeah, he was like more like a, like a violent protester. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, wasn't, wasn't really I think he, he had like a lighter in one hand and a Molotov cocktail in the other uh, so I, I toned it down I mean I was hearing a lot of tone it down <laughs> kind of stuff uh, you know the original pizza face had uh, like another small head popping out of his skull uh, I've seen that other design. Part. It is it is yeah. the other pizza face design, and is as horrific as he looks in the final product. If for those, okay, so I've seen this image, and it's basically if in, in place of his yeah. hat, or if he were to take his hat off, he had a whole separate little skull, yeah. like a like a stillborn twin that didn't split, and it was horrific. Yeah, and then you know even um, even screw loose. Now I, I like when I got screw loose from the, the animation uh, design, uh, he looked really not good. And uh, I, re I redesigned him, I did a whole turnaround, but he had a gun in his hand hmm. originally, which I had to you know, take out. So, I, I mean, generally speaking, you know, my first impulse was to do wilder stuff you know and, and uh some of it got through and some of it uh didn't you know or at least changed to a certain extent so i know you were saying you did a lot of those little side buddies like i know um the starfish was one of them and the yes, uh, the monkeys and yeah. the wallaby scar scar if you look at the starfish he's got scars all over him you know mm-hmm 
and of course the design was even more you know horrific but uh, yeah he was called scarfish instead of starfish uh, so you can see how my mind generally worked at that time you know <laughs> the puns yeah and also the you know like grossness of it you know like I tried to make it you know a little bit edgier there's the monkey you know the monkey for the gorilla there was uh, and, and some of them are going to be hard for me to, I think the 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 uh, giraffe which I didn't work on but I did the uh, the little flamingo hockey stick or whatever he had uh, there um, now in, Ma in Mondo Gecko um, the hippie Mondo Gecko I, I worked on both of them but the the second one the hippie one I worked most on and that design of the guitar that bends into a scooter mm. was my idea there and uh, you know putting braces on them I think I did that too um, and uh, let me think um, oh and uh, now Muck um, which is a beautiful piece and I should know who did it and I, I'm sorry I don't have their name uh, for you right now but I designed that. I did a lot of redesigning of that character. And his little buddy is called Joe Eyeball, after my brother Joe. <laughs> so that was kind of uh, great that they kept him, because that was out of my head. And uh, I, I'm really, it was really fun to see him, uh, you know, come to life kind of in the, you know, in the toy line. He even appeared I, on the new cartoon with Joe Eyeball. Oh, that's really? Yes, it was slightly different. It was actually his eyeball, but it was, the name stayed. It was still Joe Eyeball. How awesome. I gotta tell my brother. And Muckman, I actually, and I have a tremendous collection. Muckman in the current Nickelodeon cartoon, the one that just ended, is like yeah. the rarest of rare toys. It's like, if you look on eBay, it's worth like $500. And it's wow. very similar to the original Muckman. It's like remarkably close. Yeah, I did like like nine or ten versions of Mugman. So whoever did it is awesome. Like I, I I love what they did, and you know it's just like the Rat King. You know that's a beautiful sculpt. There's so many like good sculpts that I didn't work on, but uh, I, I'm glad that there was a competition at a certain point. You know, and um, you know Foreign Studio was turning out some really beautiful stuff. Now they they mostly did the turtle line. I just worked on various like uh, uh, you know certain turtles and stuff like that. It gets a little hazy because they went to, the company went a little bit uh, crazy making any kind of turtle they could possibly think of. <laughs> so um, it, it gets a little bit foggy, you know. Um, yeah, there was like birthday I, party I, turtles and all that stuff. Yeah, really weird ones. Like Steve Barter and his crew did most of most of that kind of work, and I got the weird stuff, as you can see. I mean, they I kind of got pegged to work on the weirder, uh, creepier stuff, and that goes for you know Toxic Crusader and or Avenger and uh, all, and a lot of the other lines. Uh, even the like in the Star Trek, we got we got the monsters and the weirder stuff. A, a lot more um so uh that's that's just how it, it ended up being 
One of my favorite ones that you did um, was his Leatherhead. He looked, he didn't look quite a bit like the show, but he was a really cool design and really kind of like, I don't know, that's one of the ones I remember most fondly is the Leatherhead toy. Yeah, I, I loved working on that. That was really fun. Uh, and you see there were still guns at that point. Yep. He had a, like a, a sawed-off shotgun, and I was really glad we got the mouth to open. Um, that was a nice touch there. And uh, I, I liked stuff like that. I mean, I, I worked on a, like a later Bebop who had an opening open mouth, and I, I kind of put a little more uh, cartoony flair to him. <clears throat> oh, wacky and action I, Bebop. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm not quite sure. I, it, it, it gets overwhelming to sometimes I, I, you know, I don't know the official names of some of these things. Uh, but and worm, you know, the idea, the thing that when you know his eyes popped out and his mouth opened, and uh, that was really fun. So worm was a uh, that was a really memorable one to me, and that was inspired by the rat fink designs, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm forever inspired by rat fink, and and uh, he was perfect for that. You were saying that a lot of times you don't remember the official names. I'm before we were talking about um, a character you called Bullseye, and I couldn't figure out what you meant, and we figured out it was Groundchuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the names changed, and I as somehow I, I I still remember them how they were on my table, you know, uh, with with the name on on them. So for me, for that, uh, you know, forgetting about what they're actually called. Uh, a couple other ones you did are uh, Mutagen Man, which is a really interesting one. Right. I, like, I'm not really responsible for Mutagen Man, Mutagen Man uh, but except for the, the weird thing inside of him. Oh, okay. So I did, uh, that, the, 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 all the parts were done by, I'm trying to think, I think his name was Hugh. He was like a model maker, and he, he tooled the body and the mechanics and stuff. I've never been, like, great at doing robotics and things like that. I'm more of an organic guy. Mm. Uh, but I've done, I mean, I've forced myself to, to make robots and stuff like that in my, you know, work. But uh, he did a really beautiful, clean sculpt. Uh, I'm not sure who did the detailing and everything. It might have been Scott. It might have been Steve Berliner. I'm not sure. But um, I, I did it with the, it's a tiny little skull with the brain popping out of the uh, out of the top of his head, and then he's connected to the uh, like his guts, like his intestines, and that's the part that I mostly you know that's the part that I, I did. If anybody has that toy and hasn't looked at it, I, I implore you to look closely at that little design inside because it is very strange and super detailed. Well, I, I, you know, I do want to make a shout out for for the, the the people that are repainting these things. Oh yeah, and there's a couple. I mean, some of them are really exciting for me because, like, one of the daunting things about working on these pieces was a thing called paint operations, which was the budget cutting. Uh, you know, so we would sculpt them very detailed, and. Uh, uh, and then uh, Lori Eggers would paint them beautifully uh, with all kinds of variations and detail. I mean, I put a lot of detail on these things. So there's rips in pants. <laughs> and there was, <laughs> excuse me, there was all kinds of uh, details and stuff. And then they would start chopping, you know, and, and getting rid of 
uh, invest the corporate side, you know, uh, to save money on uh, production. And so you'd get pants with a rip in them that, you know, or the skin wasn't painted and all sorts of crazy, you know, paint decisions. So uh, that was a part of dread when we would get the final version of the toy uh, to see how much it had changed or uh, how much uh, we lost with the paint operations. Yeah, I remember like the, the the giraffe. Like he had a lot of unpainted spots, and I think Hot Spot the dog also had that. There's a lot of char- characters that were great sculpts, but the yeah the paint was not quite there, or they were paint, cl- clean paint over, like not just rips, but also like mini characters and things like that would just be white, just yeah. be the same color. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Like the accessories would not, I mean, generally would not get a paint job. Let me let me mention another sculptor if I can. Sure. Uh, okay, so this is how it worked. We would get uh, the designs in. Uh, if they need a redesigning, then we would do that. Uh, and then we would do a, uh, over a wire armature, we, we would do a clay. So we would do first a clay version of it. And then we would, uh, once that got approved, uh, we would go to wax. We would mold it and then get make a wax copy and then uh, uh, put the armature into that, and then uh, we would work on that. But the, the, uh, there is a really, really excellent uh, clay sculptor named Stephen Lin, who, uh, you know, when you talk about the giraffe, or you talk about the elephant, or you talk about the uh, a lot of really cool ones, uh, Stephen Lin, you know, did the, the clays, and he was just fantastic at interpreting and making it have a lot of uh, style and flavor and, and everything. So, uh, and he at that time he was pretty much, uh, I think, just working on clays at the time. But it was real a real collaboration, and um, uh, I really always, like I said, appreciated his his work, and it was fun, you know, to work with him. That's cool. And what you brought, I mean, that I, any of these people, like you know, they deserve the the credit they for the work they've done. And I you know, I think, I think that when you talk about those people online who are painting these toys, like I think it really kind of brings out the work. Like, I, and I, I'm just thinking of one I follow on Instagram called Does Machines or something. And the amount, how much they bring out in those characters, I'm like, like there was one uh, Napoleon Bonifrog. I don't know if you did him. No, I did it, but. Yeah. He had like a turtle watch and all these crazy cool designs that you never knew he was there. Yeah. Another one is uh, that I know of. I know that guy, and, and his work is just brilliant. And then there's a guy named Joseph Whiteford, who also is brilliant at repainting uh, all kinds of stuff. He's a very talented painter that I, has been really inspiring to see his work. It must be vindicating for you guys, too, because you never got to – I mean, maybe you got to see like that in the initial run, but like you know, on shelves, it was just so simplified. Yeah, we would have, uh, a, like I said, our painter, Lori, we, we, uh, those pieces were beautiful. And okay, I, I don't know, a lot of times we were in a hurry, and, and maybe she only painted one. Um, I, I don't know what's in Scott's collection. I haven't really uh, seen him for a while. Uh, I wonder if he has some of the really nice paint jobs still, or whether we just shipped them off, you know, to Playmates or... Uh, you know, and then lost track of, of some of them. But, you know, they had full paint jobs on them. Those ones did. Oh, wow. 
one one design you mentioned was uh, was Hothead, which I think is one of the coolest toys in the old line. Which oh yeah 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 the dragon right? Yep. Yeah, that was fun. Definitely. He had the head that came out of his body, the the, the neck. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and then there's this the snake too that had that you know the classic toy swivel body, you know, in pieces. Um, the uh, that would twist around, and he had snakes for arms, and he had a. Uh, he was really fun to work on. Scale tail. That's that's that character. He. Scale tail. Yeah, there you go. He's one of my favorite favorite toys from that line. He's just so cool. He never appeared anywhere else, but it's one of my favorite turtle toys because it was so cool looking. And he had like a like a gun tongue, right? Yes, 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 yes. He did. And uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, another gun in his tail too. Yeah. Lots yeah. of guns. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that was really fun to work on. And uh, like I said, you know, we just got away. That one got a little on the weirder side, and, and I'm glad for that. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I was always happy when, um, you know, we could we could uh, play with it and make it make them a little more interesting. Um, you know, I enjoyed working on the the mutants, uh, Rocksteady and uh, Bebop, because uh, they were we were able to just reinterpret them. Uh, you know, in a whole new way. And uh, I also enjoyed working on uh, the Crawling Splinter, too, because, I mean, for me, I, you know, I wanted him to look more anthropomorphic, a little more, have a little more character. For me, maybe the original was a little bit bland, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, with, uh, with that one, I was able to... Um, you know, give, give him a little more uh, character in his face and stuff like that. So for one like that, like like Creepy Crawler Splinter, right? Like, there's a lot of, like, gears and mechanics that go into that. Does that help or hinder your design? No, I think they just worked it out. I mean, I, I we weren't making him with mechanics. Uh, we would just make a slot, you know, and then, they, and, you know, they'd send him. There's a lot of really brilliant people in China that... Uh, will just figure stuff out you know hmm. and even now with the work I do you know I rely on uh, a crew in China that is super talented um, you know right now I'm doing I did some large insect you know vehicles as sort of a tribute to the old Ninja Turtle line um, and they're uh, they have a, like a I made them tricky you know with all sorts of uh, things that you know, the guy, the, the man that I'm working for said that they, you know they, they'll just figure it out. You know they'll just make something cool, and then they'll work out the um, the details. You know. Oh, nice. So these things are gonna be like people people can get them. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll be out eventually. They'll be coming out, and they're 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 compatible with. Uh, any of that, you know, the size of the turtle line or any toys that you have. So they're, they've got like places where you can sit on them and there's uh, little accessories too for them. So they should be quite a treat when they come out for uh, anybody that likes this kind of work. So for those not familiar with it, um, uh, David had, back in the day sculpted um, the Big B and Mosquito that were like these cool um, like vehicles, but like 
creatures. So uh, is this the con like? So is this characters from that line that never made to be more? Well, they. Uh... Uh, there, yes and no. I mean, uh, I, I made uh, uh, one of them is an ant, an ant, like an army ant, and one of them is a um, uh, a rhino beetle. And you know, they're they're you know new interpretations of uh, old designs. I think in, somebody in China sent me a picture that they had bought a original. Army ant uh, prototype that never got made, but this is uh, like a, a real redesign with a lot more details and different things on it, um, in the style of the of, of the uncensored, um, you know, style that that I you know I, I love the best. No one here, no one's around to censor me anymore. So uh, all the stuff I do is without regards to, you know, parental groups or anything like that. <laughs> Oh, so you didn't have to like. So since they're reinterpreted, you didn't have to like get get the rights back to bizarre ant who was never made or anything like that. No, got you know, it. They're signed and and uh, they they came out really beautiful. Uh, I think one last turtle one I really wanted to touch on, just because like I don't know why, but this is another one that I loved was uh, Walk About the Kangaroo. I don't know why that one stands out to me. Yeah, that that was really fun to work on. Um, and I, I got to do the, the, the little accessory to the wallaby guy, you know, design and, and sculpt him. And, uh, yeah, that was really fun to do. So, so you worked on some other classic lines. Uh, you mentioned before uh, Toxic Crusaders. You also did Skeleton Warriors, which were some of the coolest toys back then. And uh, one of my favorites was Earthworm Jim, too. You did, I know you did some designs for oh, them. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's hard to remember all of them. Uh, there was a lot of lines that we worked on. Uh, all the way up to like Star Trek and, and things like that. Um, when we did um, uh, Turok and we did um, so many of them. I, I'm trying to think of all of them. But um, those were really fun to do. I remember the Skeleton Warriors, like the really cool Harryhausen style thing was, and I didn't even own them, but I remember a friend who had them and I was in awe of them. Yeah, that was they were fun to work on, and I mean the like the Toxy stuff was a lot of fun just because it was so weird. You know what I mean? Like like you know they wanted it to be weird, so you know uh, and and even like there were some pieces that never got made that were very cool. Like we had a, a snail guy, and we had a, a, a long like kind of after Edward Scissorhands. We had a guy like that. Um, there was the two-headed surfer. There was no zone. There was the dog. The uh, I, I don't remember their oh, I don't remember their actual either. names because they changed so much. But um, they were really a lot of fun to work on. And like I said, they, we weren't very restrained. Do you, you remember know, any they, turtles that were turtle characters that were unproduced that you remember fondly? Um, let me think. I think most of the ones we worked on were produced. Uh, I mean, uh, there was stuff we I think we were looking into doing more large vehicles, uh, uh, creatures, but, you know, that weren't good, ever going to get made. And, um, <clears throat> uh, 
I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. I mean, for Skeleton Warriors, there was a bunch of stuff, that, and, and uh, because we were getting more into it as time went on, we loved that whole idea of them. So there was a guy with like a cow uh, cape, like a skin of a cow over him. That never came out. That was like incredibly beautiful piece. And then uh, some of Varner's pieces too uh, that they had done looked insanely, be- you know, great. And they they never came out. You'd have to look at some of the the catalogs, uh, like the Toy Fair catalogs, and then uh, you would see which ones uh, never came out. I, I'm a little foggy on the turtles. I think most of the stuff we did was intended to, to come out. Now, do you know who did, or did you guys do the um, the back of the art, the the card artwork? Because some of that stuff was great. No, no. That must have been over at Playmates thing, because the the early ter- characters had individual cards for each character, which is something you'd never see today. I think I don't even know if Varner did it. Because uh, Varner, I don't know if he did artwork. I think they just had a separate, you know, group of artists that did their packaging. That I don't, I've never met them, and uh, but they were it was done somewhere else. Okay, just curious about that. So I mean, I guess uh, wrapping it up. I mean, can you tell me a little bit about um, about Turtle Milk Studios? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, here's the, you know, what, what, what happened is, you know, digital sculpting came and, uh, uh, you know, gentle giant showed up on the scene, uh, he had, you know, I don't know, like a million dollars or something he inherited and, and was able to get all this, uh, brand new, um, you know, scanning and printing and uh, computer equipment to uh, right at the at the, the beginning of the uh, digital sculpting thing. And uh, that had an impact on a lot of sculpture studios and who uh, some of them who tried to um, uh, keep up, you know, get their own printer, get their own scanners. And at the time, you know, they were really really expensive and uh, mysterious machines uh some of the machines i mean literally you know you'd have to take a second mortgage out or try and get investors or something to do uh to get these things and they they, you had to get them they were giant machines and uh cost a lot of money and then you had to get a uh pay like a monthly service fee uh like an insurance thing in case the machine broke they would fix them, and sometimes uh, it, the moment you didn't pay that uh, upkeep fee, you know, mysteriously your machine would like malfunction uh, a month later or something like that. But uh, not that I'm a you know preaching a conspiracy or anything. But I mean now, if you look at the printers, you can get them from anywhere from like 150 to uh, you know, you know up. Machines, yeah. There's household tabletop printers that you know the the software for them is very simple, you know, fairly simplistic and straightforward. Um, and uh, and so a lot of you know, it's just like uh, you know, I do a lot of drawing, you know, uh, and I see a lot of artists, sculptors, and artists um, really you know, concentrating on uh, the digital aspect 
uh, both drawing and sculpting, which is great. And I mean, the, you know, of course, the, uh, the technology is is brilliant and uh, very useful, but um, there's something to be said for uh, being able to uh, make things by hand, to sculpt things. There's a a bit of a difference, uh, a feel, and in the process, um, a little bit of magic, a little bit of unexpected, a little bit of, of unusual stuff happens in the process of having it in your hand, feeling it, and looking at it, uh, and uh, kind of going with a, like like a creative process where they'll they do have a different look, and, and I'm very grateful that. Uh, people have appreciated it and recognized it um, because I, I've, I've managed to stay working and uh, um, people can recognize my style and uh, uh, what I do. So uh, I didn't invest in, in digital things. Uh, and so I, I've always kept my, um, my costs really, really low. I have, you know, uh, like a, a wax tool, and uh, I buy, I bought my a crock pot at a thrift store, and I make my wax very uh, cheaply, and uh, I and literally, I mean, I can get like a, a little tiny, you know, box and put all my equipment in it, and I can work anywhere that I, I need to work, and so, and I don't right like right now, I don't do clays at all. I don't work from clay to wax. I, I work straight into wax. I've, I've customized like a, a process uh, for sculpting that suits me and the speed that I need to get these things done in. Um, and so uh, I've carved out, you know, uh, you know, a design studio where, you know, I'm doing it in the old school way. Uh, I, I hope to be putting out some videos soon to show how I work, it's pretty radically different from uh, the way I was taught and uh, the way that I see other people doing it. Um, so I'd like to share that with people. Um, and uh, I'm working, I'm doing, uh, I'm working in the custom vinyl world and I'm doing other, you know, projects, designs, toys, comics, books, you know, um, I also write. I do, you know, writing stories, designing characters. Uh, I just keep really, really uh, busy. And I turn out a lot of work. Um, and that's that's what I'm doing right now. So. Well, I mean, I want to thank you for your work. I know one of the things I'm most excited about is um, the upcoming things uh, through Unbox, the big, the big animals. So do we, is there a place to look for that when, it, when the time comes? Uh, they'll be just showing up. Uh, I, I'm not sure because, like I said, I'd rather them take their time and, uh, you know, so, solve the problems in their own way. Um, and there's, I, I'm going to be putting out other uh, characters, too, that are in the vein of the old toys that I did, uh, original designs, and uh, uh, putting them out. I'm doing a, a series of... Uh, of, uh, of pieces now that, I mean, the nice thing is that, I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of uh, pretty, you know, well-known designers to sculpt their pieces through 
uh, Unbox and through Toy Art Gallery. Um, and uh, I just did uh, this is for the revered manga artist in Japan. Uh, 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 that came out and were really, really, really uh, well received and um, and cool. So, um, you know, that that's like an honor when you know I'm appreciated for uh, the stuff that I you know I do for other designers. I've done stuff for Ron English and Martin Antiveros and and a, a lot of different designers. But right now, um, I'm being promoted uh, just for my own original work. And, um, uh, you know, I'm really excited about that because, you know, I, I don't have to really hold back uh, anymore. So, uh, like, the Japanese artist that I was talking about, his name is Hideshi Hino. And he does these real, it's sort of like the Charles Adams in Japan. He does these sort of... Uh, twisted little kids uh, spooky crazy gory uh, stories it's wonderful work and I'm doing a, a secondary uh, follow up piece so I did a girl and a boy and they both have like severed uh, animal heads that come with them and this one I'm, I'm working on a, another piece for him that's larger that's really came out beautiful um, but right now, uh, what you'll see is uh, uh, mostly original stuff coming out. Um, uh, and, and like I said, I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, I'm just making them as weird as possible, and it's different. Uh, you know, they're not like stick uh, pieces. They're they're high detail, and uh, you know, if you're a painter, uh, you know, like the customizers that I mentioned. Um, there, there'll be a dream to work on. There, there's so much uh, possibilities for the paint, uh, you know, painting them. Well, that's that's very cool to hear. You know, I, the last thing I wanted to ask. This is always a question I ask, and maybe you don't have one, but do you have a favorite turtle? Uh, I don't know. I, it's, I can't say. I, you know, yeah, there's so many that I like. But uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, if you're, uh, I, and I'm, oh, by the way, I did a lot of artwork for the artist Skinner too, and uh, I want to do a shout out too for sure. uh, um, Color Ink Book. I did uh, like some of the early, early Skinner designs for them, and I've done a lot of pieces for them. And they promote uh, the young and upcoming black and white illustrator artists. They have a great magazine. And they, they were very supportive of me, and I, I did a lot of work, and that kind of got me into this field. So uh, thank you very much to them. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, like, I, I want to give the credit to all these really talented people. I, 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 work, I know a little bit about the art toy world, too, uh, through Clutter, who I, who I write for, and, um, you know, just the, the work that passes by in that gallery, I'm always in, in awe of how, the amazing work people put into that. Well, we were in the last show, too. We did uh, the Illuminati Man. Uh, through uh, Time Bandits, which is uh, um, Jonathan um, Stevens' uh, a company, and uh, we did uh, you know parody, a Trump parody of like Star Wars thing that we did for them. That was also in the in the, their show last year. And uh, uh, thank you very much to them for putting us in the show, and we we did very very well. We won awards and, and things like that. Oh, nice. Very cool. 
All right, well, David, I, th I think that covers everything. I really want to thank you for your time. I also want to say thank you to the guys at Turtle Flakes who we do this uh, podcast in conjunction with, and uh, I, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Well, I, I really appreciate all the fans and all the people that come up to me and tell me that, you know, they notice the toys that I, I put work on. I, uh, my, you know, my attitude has always been that whatever I'm working on, I want it to be some kid's favorite toy, you know? And that's why, I mean, I, I really tried not to just blow through uh, boring pieces. I tried to redesign them or, or put details in them or some kind, something that would make them a little bit more, uh, you know, appreciated and valuable to the young kids and their imaginations and their play worlds that they, you know, they had. Just like, you know, the artists, like I said, that, that really changed my life and, and inspired me. So I, I just want to say thank you to all the fans that, you know, took notice and, and appreciated uh, the extra time and, and, and trouble and detail that we, uh, that we all put in, uh, all of us uh, sculptors, old school sculptors that, you know, really cared about the stuff that we were doing. So thank you. And as one of those kids uh, who, you know, designed my favorite toys, thank you. Thank you. All right, take care, David. Thank you. Okay, you too. Bye.